welcome to Non-Fungible Queens, a podcast for the queens and the in-betweens. I'm Hodel Hill. I'm K-Duck. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're sitting down with Loot Queen. We're super excited, um, you know, a, a builder in the sandbox, and we're super excited to hear um, about everything you've been up to. Yeah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I, um, we're super excited. You know, we've had a few... Um, few builders on in the past and i i'm personally excited because i feel like i'm very underexposed to the sandbox and in that side <laughs> despite <of> the, my <laughs> best efforts and the, yeah I, I, it's, a, it's a gradual process so yeah. you know I, i'm trying we'll, we'll keep on with the great guests and you know i'll keep getting my knowledge and then maybe someday i'll be ready to you know full force jump in <laughs> well we welcome you anytime you're ready for that yeah yeah so uh I want to know a little bit about your background and uh, maybe a little bit about um, you outside of NFTs. Sure. So my name is Devereaux, or Lou Queen, as most people in the metaverse know me. Um, I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> I'm from Michigan, just outside of Detroit. Um, and traditionally, I'm a painter. I grew up painting and you know loving art, You know the more traditional mediums of like sculpting and ceramics and all of those cool things. And um, I went to school for that. And... When I graduated from school, um, I had a lot of student debt, much like any other graduate. And so um, we don't even I, talk about mine. I just <laughs> I had this this um, COVID relief. Um, oh, my gosh. Extension. I've just been riding that. I need a little more relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was like promised several times. But yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Um, so yeah, in an effort to pay off some massive school debt, I was like, oh, I just need, you know, I need a job to pay this off and then I'll, I'll go do what I love. Right. And, uh, so I ended up taking a job at an automotive place near me, um, as an intern and I kind of worked my way up through their legal department. That's where I was interning. And then, um, kind of while I was there, I got into the intellectual property part of law, which is really cool. It's kind of fascinating. It has to do with like copyrights and patents and trademarks of business, and that's kind of where I learned about the blockchain and how it affects um, copyrights and, um, you know, reselling of art and whatever is inserted into the blockchain. So that's kind of how I learned about uh, the NFT space. Um, it kind of transitioned over into like art because, you know, I applied what, you know, I liked to do into this sort of legal and um, kind of metaverse space. And then um, I kind of stumbled upon the sandbox a few years ago or not a few years ago, a few months ago, um, my brother, who is one of my business partners in Cyber Phoenix Studios, he found the sandbox in his many readings and listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and all that cool stuff. And um, that's where we've kind of made our home ever since. So it's so cool to hear how you've kind of had um, two different angles to the space. So mm -hmm. you mentioned you went to art school, so you kind of have that side. But then I think the, you know, the the paralegal, the intellectual property side, mm -hmm. that's, like, so cool. You don't really hear a lot about that. But that's, like, such a huge part of the space and why why so many people are marketing this space to outsiders is, like, IP rights and all this mm -hmm. stuff that you get to your NFTs. So well, let's start with the art side a little bit first. So how yeah. long have you been an artist? So I went to school about, it's about seven years ago. So I've been painting for maybe about 10 years is really, I focused in painting. I touched a little bit in like ceramics and sculpture, but I, my heart is set on painting. So I 
set up a little bit of a like painting business on the side when I was doing my paralegal studies, just because, you know, I wanted a job that made money, but also something pursuing what I love to do at the same time, you know, it was kind of like a happy medium. Um, so I've been painting for about 10 years. I do mostly uh, realism and I, I paint things that I've like seen from travels. Like I really love doing like trips and taking really cool uh, like reference photos and like really beautiful places. And then I come back to my studio and I paint those things and then I just sell them on the internet. <laughs> so I've been doing that. Yeah, for... I checked some of it out oh, before cool. the podcast and it's really lovely. Thank like... you. Um, I like your portraits and stuff too. That's cool. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, so is it like mostly oil on canvas or what is like the, the medium so that you use? Yeah, so I haven't, I've actually never touched oil paint. Um, when I was learning in school, we didn't really have a facility for oil paint because there's a lot more like chemical, um, like waste product from that. So we were only ever really allowed to do acrylic paint, which is actually probably more beneficial because you can, um, acrylic paint dries faster, so you can layer it up quicker. So if you make okay. mistakes, you can kind of edit it out really fast, which is great because my attention span is <laughs> short. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I feel like my attention span is not, and then I don't, it's actually, like, so embarrassing, um, my, my wife and I, when we were dating, she, Mm -hmm. she wanted to have, like, this little, like, date paint night, so we, like, (laughs) we, I mean, I I obliged. It was not my idea <laughs> of a day night, but she like turned on this Bob Ross tutorial and we followed it. Oh my gosh, it's so fun! It, it was like you know all these trees, like this beautiful sunset, <laughs> maybe a mountain. So, so like, but the thing was, Some was happy like, little trees. Yeah. yeah, of course. So, but the, we didn't show each other like while we were doing it. So we were just painting, oh, painting, big and reveal then we at were, the end. Big reveal at the end. So I'm like pretty confident i'm like okay like i think this looks okay like whatever so Mm -hmm. she shows me hers is like amazing i turn mine around mine looks like a hot dog in the sky like (laughs) mine is so embarrassing (laughs) and it's so funny i'm gonna need to see a photo of this yeah we still have them actually and of course like like we told my family and they had to see them and now it's like a big joke that i just have no artistic ability so (laughs) And and Bob would be so disappointed. <laughs> Everything's but, a happy accident. No. Yeah, there's a lot of accidents on that. Page. Like you painted an excellent hot dog. No, but <laughs> no, but like yeah. So to my point, it's just like so crazy to me. People that can stare at literally a blank canvas and just start going on it. Like it's just it, it's it's so cool to see their what's pretty much going on in their head out on you know canvas or paper or whatever it may be yeah so I, have, cool. I, have a, I have a needless to say i have a big respect for artists me i mean me too right i have a lot of like friends and colleagues that i met through school that way and um it, it's you know each artist kind of works a little differently right like i think most people assume that you can just come up with some crazy thing in your head and, and paint it but you know, we all work a little different. Like I really, really need reference photos to look at and from. Like if you were to just say paint a mountain, I like maybe could, but I would, I would really prefer a, a reference photo to look at and kind of copy and paste a little bit. But you know, it's, it, we all work differently, and that's the cool part about art is that it's there really is no real or solid process. You know, for sure. So. Do you have you so you mentioned you have like an online shop where you sell mm-hmm. your like physical paintings? Yeah. 
Yep, I and, do. And are you still doing that now while um, being in this space, or is that kind of taking a back seat? Yeah, it's taking a back seat because, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you both know that. Um, yeah, as soon as I got sort of into the metaverse, and I'm, I'm like a very, like, project-driven person, so if I'm, like, really inspired or excited about something, like, all my attention goes to that thing. So as soon as I kind of transitioned into like how cool building NFTs was in the sandbox, I was like, Oh, all my attention's here. So it kind of did take a backseat for a while, but I still do select um, like commissions for certain people who ask me for them or friends or family, you know? Yeah. So when, so when you discovered the sandbox, mm. how, how did you kind of, you know, like learn the ropes and, and teach yourself you know, Vox edit and um, voxel art? Uh, well, my brother, thankfully, he is an engineer. So he works with 3D modeling programs at his job that he works at. So he took my quick, like he took really fast to it and understood it very well and how like the 3D elements work together. And I was a bit more of a slow start, <laughs> I would say. Um, but when I would struggle with it, I would ask him um, repeatedly, you know, how to do something and he would kind of reemphasize. And then after that point, it's about repetition. And then, you know, you, you kind of understand it a little bit better. So, did, oh, go ahead, Hill. I was going to say, did you ever participate in any of the Vox Edit challenges? Because I don't know if it's like monthly, they do a new yeah, we did one, one where everybody has to build the same thing. Yeah, I think um, Sandstorm, he, uh, they host every mm -hmm. so often um and when i first got involved i did enter one i think we ended up coming in either second or third place which is pretty nice. cool um it was a builder's contest for um a futuristic dream home which is pretty cool idea i thought oh um, yeah and so I, you know i have this um my brother also by the way is an engineer he builds computers in his spare time so like that's his hobby that he does and so he <laughs> has built me like this like souped up cool looking computer you know with all the lights and stuff Oh yeah, and, I want that. Uh, right, so it's, it's sitting <laughs> next to me here right now. But I was looking at it when I was doing the builders contest, and um, they were talking about a futuristic dream home, and I was like, "Huh, it's kind of funny." I live in my PC, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe I should make a PC house because it kind of looks like a loft inside." So I ended up making oh, that's yeah, how. That's but a I dope concept. Doing. Yeah, so it actually turned out kind of cool. I think it's um, currently for sale in the Sandstorm Marketplace because we nice. top we made top three, so it's there for sale. I think it's like 15 bucks Sweet. or something. <laughs> Which is pretty, it's still pretty cool, though. I'm really, yeah. really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask how, you know, like what, what drew you to voxel art? It, it's so different than, um, you know, the, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. NFTs are different than, you know, like physical art in general, but we've had so many artists on who are artists in real life and then you know they jump into nfts and you know they do one of ones or that you know they do their own yeah. collection but i feel like straying into voxel art is like it's such a it's such a big change like two ends of the spectrum yeah it's um quite different from the typical art that i do like like i said earlier I'm, i do realistic paintings so like kind of like photographic almost so when i got to like the vox art um it was actually such a nice change up. Like there was such a simplicity to it just being kind of like very blocky. Um, and there were a lot of limitations, like the, the shading in your like NFTs is um, a bit different than you would shade in like paint per se. Like you can't just mix colors on your, on your Vox art. So you, there's like a different way of approaching it and like any sort of creative, like 
challenge to sort of figure out within the constraints to make something look how you envision it is kind of interesting to me, which is why I really gravitated towards it. Yeah, I feel like it's such such a unique way um, to like express yourself. And honestly, something that, you know, I mean, obviously I, I've seen it before, but I wasn't super familiar with before joining the space. But now obviously um, it, it's a big, it's a big deal. So mm -hmm. it's, um it's so interesting to see the way that that stuff is built, like through box set and stuff. Like, I'm just like, I'm like blown away at, at these builders. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are very um, intricate with the animations. I think that was what was the most intriguing to me is that because that's something my paint can't do, right? It's um, the, the movement that really gives it some life and personality. And I thought that was like another added layer of creativity you could do is how you make something move and how um, like how you can represent the thing in your head with the movement and, and the timing. So I thought that that was like another layer of like creativity that was also a draw to the to the medium of like voxel art. Yeah, I love even the preset animations mm -hmm. in the sandbox. Like, you know, you can wave, you can dance, you can uh, look sad. The sad one, yeah. I'm like, how do I feel bad for a bunch of voxels? <laughs> like, they look so sad. They do. <laughs> so um, you, you founded a studio with uh, your brother. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, so my brother and I have always sort of had entrepreneurial mindsets. Um, he has kind of had some of his side ventures and I, I did my painting business and I, I really facilitate that through like TikTok. That's where I kind of get most of my sort of marketing from, you know, cause it, you know, drive high views to like your thing that you do. So that's kind of how I ran my business for a long time. I would just, so do you paint. make like TikToks of you like doing paintings? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's, I'm not a TikTok person. I've actually, and it's funny because I want to be. But uh, I haven't, I haven't allowed myself to go down that rabbit hole. Oh, oh you can do it. It's such a time it. suck. Oh my That's God. why is because even like during COVID and during the lockdown, I was like, I'm not going to let myself do it because I used to be on Vine. So ah, the, the, okay. the same things I would get sucked in for hours. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. already have all these social media platforms I get sucked into. Like I do not need another one. So I, I'm kind of proud of myself. I haven't, but I do. I do like it. It's definitely a slippery slope. I think um, I, I first had to have a rule with myself when I was posting TikToks. I was like, you can only post your TikTok, like film your TikTok, post it, and then you're off the app. Because um, like you said, it is a time drain because it's just, it's so entertaining in so many different ways. But um, so that's, that's how I would get some of my business. I would post something and then somebody would reach out and say, hey, can you do this? And I would do it. So then I, I had this like sort of like kind of creative business during the pandemic, especially because I was working from home and I was just stuck in my little 400 square foot apartment. Um, so I kind of did that to keep myself busy. And then my brother was doing some things and he was like, Hey, you know, why don't we like come together? We have such a unique skill set, you know, like engineer art, intellectual property. And like, you know, we both have like this figure it out sort of millennial mindset where we're like, if we don't know something, we'll figure out how to do it. And um, that's kind of how we, we, we landed in the sandbox, which was kind of, I, I don't know, maybe by accident or kind of, I don't know if it would be fate, but it seemed like the sandbox was a very good combination for both of our skill sets put together. So he would figure out like the game making portion of it. There's a lot of logic and coding that goes into it, which is not my alley <laughs> by any means. Um, and then there's like the more creative part of like placing objects and how you want them to interact and like writing the story for your game. So it seemed like both of our personalities were a really good fit for this. And that's kind of how 
we started. Love it. Yeah. I want to get my brother into NFTs, but he's not quite there yet. Not but he's an architect in real life. So I'm oh, like, you, that could would be do, cool. you could do this stuff. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah. And my brother and I are very close in age. We're, and we're also like very good friends. So that helps a lot with the business aspect. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. My brother's nine years younger. So okay. I don't know why he's not on this stuff already. Like, why is your old, old, <laughs> older sister <laughs> having to convince you to get into this new technology? I don't know. Maybe soon. <laughs> yeah. So what was kind of um, like the mission behind starting it that you guys, you know, like when you were talking about it, like, was it to make, obviously to make games in the sandbox, but you know, like, was there, you know, like a mission statement behind it? I think we just both, um, I mean, we both have the day jobs, right? And not that we don't like our day jobs necessarily, because I think we've both grown into them very well and we appreciate the things that they've taught us in like business and, you know, just about the space in general that we're both in. But I think we all have those like passion projects that we're, we get excited about and we want to try to make that, you know, your full-time thing if you can. And I think both of us were kind of searching to like be really excited about something and try to make it a living for ourselves so that we can, you know, live out the dream. Right. And um, so I think that that's why we ended up trying to take that leap of faith and creating a studio around this because we really liked it and we were spending like immense amounts of times on it. Like we would go to work, do our day jobs for eight hours and we do another, like we'd log on for eight more hours and start building and creating and making whatever it was that we were working on. If it was a game jam or just something else, but we decided like we're spending, I don't know, eight plus hours every day on top of our day jobs. Like maybe we could actually make this a studio and start getting some more people involved. And so we added a couple, we added two more people to our groups. So we have four now at Cyber Phoenix Studios and um, it's been really, really fun. We really love doing it. Yeah, that's, that's funny. And that's kind of how um, our network, non-refungible network started to, um, you know, while we're not like building, we were just like, you know, we're, we're doing all these things already. We're doing the research of these projects. We're doing, you know, we're doing the research of the space. We're doing all this stuff. So why not just share it with others? Like, yeah, and it's just like you said, it, it's so nice and refreshing to be excited about something like I, I've n never been more excited to like get out off of my day job so I can, you know, like go you work. said, go to my, go to my second job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's not a job because like, I like it and like, mm -hmm. I love doing it. So it's just like, I, um, I think I put out a tweet and I was like, I'm just like, it's just so nice to, to be hopeful. Like, you know, yes. maybe while I'm not there yet, a hundred percent in the space, like it's just showed, shown me like what's out there for me and, and unlocked this part of me that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. And then especially with like the climate of the world, you know, the state of the world right now. So it's it like being inspired by something is like, you got to hang on to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I, so I've been in like the space for like 10 months now. So obviously, you know, during the pandemic and mm -hmm. the lockdown and everything, like that was a, it was a huge deal to like, you know, discover this and find this. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and still being able to connect with other people, you know, that was, that was a huge component for us is that because we couldn't see our friends or family, like coming into this like online community. And it feels like a community of people who all enjoy the same thing. And you're talking about the same thing, you know, you're sharing, 
it would be like going to your coffee shop that you would see your, your friends at every other day or whatever you're regular there we kind of feel like regulars in the sandbox metaverse so you'd, you'd log on and you'd see the same people and then you kind of build up these kind of online friendships which um you both know very much about <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah for sure yeah you might shout out to the sand fam <laughs> sand fam <laughs> Yeah, you might end up starting a podcast. Uh, what? <laughs> With a strange woman you met over the internet. Yeah, I bet I bet when I had the idea, Hill, you were probably like, This is insane. I I, I kinda thought that myself too. I was like, I'm not a, a podcast person, but why do I want to start a podcast? And it's like because I love the space so much. So it it was very new for me as well. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So what was kind of the first thing that um, you guys did as your studio? Like, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. you guys have entered some of Sandbox game jams. Um, yes. And you've done some other things. I think the, the first game that we made as a studio, it was it kind of was it was rolled out right when we were like, maybe we could try doing one. You know, we didn't we had only seen other people make um, past game jams and we were just like, blown away by what people were making and we were like oh god how could we ever you know compete with these people you know they've been in the space way longer you know we're such newbies um but i think because they had done so well that they were already offered other like i don't know um like opportunities in the sandbox so they weren't doing like the people who had won previous game jams weren't in this game the first game jam that we did and so we actually placed i think in our top 10 in the first one that we did which like we were screaming, jumping up and down. We we're like, no way. Like, this is so cool. But we did um, what was called Skyball. Um, it was like uh, a sport themed game jam. And they were like um, partnering with Round 21, which is a really cool place. They're an NFT uh, company with like sports branding. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, but so they were they were partnering for this game jam. And um, they said, do something sports related. And so we end up doing um we were thinking about doing golf which i'm glad we didn't end up doing because uh the golf mechanic was really tricky um and we, we couldn't get it because our knowledge was so limited back then and so we ended up going with more of like a um quidditch type game so we ended up creating, oh i'm a big harry potter fan yeah so it ended up kind of being like a it was like a candy land in in harry potter land sort of theme game and um it ended up kind of being really cool. We were really proud of it because it was something that we had never done before and um, other people seemed to like it. And uh, yeah, that was our first game and we we had a blast doing that one. And of course, after that one, we were like, oh, we got to keep going. <laughs> so then, you know, yeah, three game years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So t- tell a little bit about how the game jams work in the sandbox for people like myself that aren't familiar with it. Sure. Um, the sandbox will post, I think it's typically every other month, maybe, or around every six weeks, they have a new, um, theme for their game jams. And so they will post on their Twitter, on their website, um, all of the rules, like how to, how to submit a game for the game jam, how to, um, like what to build, what the parameters are, how many assets you can have. And then, um, you just get to work honestly. And then it's usually about, I think sometimes it's like three week time frame. I think the shortest game jam they did in a turnaround was a five-day game jam. And I think traditionally game jams are supposed to be short. I think they're supposed to be like a 24-hour situation. So it's it's kind of like a challenge, like what can you do in 24 hours go kind of thing. And um, 
so far we've had a little bit more time, which is good for us because, you know, we were so new, we didn't really know. So we need a lot of time to learn still while we were building and making. And there were a lot of start overs um, that happened in all of that, but very valuable learning experiences. Um, but yeah, anybody can do it. Anybody can participate. I think the last one had at least a couple hundred people uh, submit for Game Jam, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's definitely growing. Yeah. You're seeing more and more entries every time. And same with the Vox edit challenges. Like they're getting mm-hmm. more and more elaborate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I think the prize pools are going up too. Like the stakes are getting higher, right? Because, you yeah. know, if, like you said, people are making these elaborate things and they want to make sure that you're kind of being awarded appropriately if you spent 10 hours on an asset for this competition, mm-hmm. you know? So that's really cool too. It's a very cool incentive to throw your hat in the ring. Yeah, for sure. So do you guys um, have any plans to try to get some sandbox land? Actually, we just bought our first land last week. Ooh, um, I, I'm, I know someone else that has some land. Yeah. <laughs> I have one. Do you? Okay. <laughs> did you Did you happen to buy it at a decent price? I know that they're, they're pretty expensive. I got it in one of the sandbox sales. Oh, nice. Um, one of the Snoop Dogg sales. So he's my neighbor down the street. That's so fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just me and Snoop, you know, hanging out in the metaverse. Uh, yeah, and I was so proud of myself for getting it because it I is know, hard. Right? It is so get. difficult. And, Hill's um, got the I alpha, thought I was, so... I thought I was prepared for the um, other deeds drop based on my sandbox experience. I was not. I failed. <laughs> it's so hard to get land. <laughs> but, you know, I tried. Yeah. we. I think we... I think it was just we happened to see one that was just like a, somebody flipped it and we happened to catch it like maybe 10 minutes after it was posted. And so we ended up snagging one um, last week and we were like super hyped up about it. <laughs> Nice. Can you share, um, you know, any maybe future plans that you guys might have for it? We had don't. We really don't have any ideas yet. For, we're tossing around some things that we might do multiple games on it if we can, or maybe like um, like a Cyber Phoenix like nest essentially because it's you know it's home base. So yeah. maybe a social hub or something because we, we want to love... use Hills as like a you know like an <laughs> NRN headquarters. Type yes. of thing. <laughs> So where yeah. everyone can gather and stuff. But we do, fun. do we? No, just yeah, kidding. We do. I know that. I know that. Like, we do. And, but, of course. One of us needs to learn box edit or something. So it's not just an empty land with a bunch of us standing around. But of course, Queens gets the top floor. We get the suite. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> no, it's so cool. Like um, seeing um, people that are buying land, like that are that are builders and creators, like the plans they have for it um you know we've had a couple people on in the past who you know kind of already have like a whole idea and are building you know the games that they want to see on it so it's so cool and exciting to like you know just think about how big that's gonna be like you know like I'm just so excited for the metaverse to really start building out yeah for sure I think um I might have to convince my team of this but I think we are gonna probably turn it into a social hub at least to start because um we just opened up our like discord to the public recently and people just come in and hang out with us and they chat with us and we you know share information trade stuff talk about what's going on in the the sandbox but we kind of would love to expand that into our own piece of land so i think that might be where we go with that 
Ooh, okay. So w- so when you have that, I- I'll come. Absolutely. Let Your first invitation. <laughs> yes. I-, I will make my sandbox debut. Perfect. <laughs> So did you open up the Discord as a part of your treasure hunt that you just had? Yes, I don't know if actually, that's the right word for yep. it. Treasure hunt, yeah? Yeah, so um, recently we got into um, what's called the Creator Fund. Um, in in the Sandbox, they have lots of undeveloped pieces of land that they're trying to you know get developed into some cool games or some unique things. And um, they've been farming those kind of projects out to studios and individuals who have like applied and gotten into the, the fund. So my studio actually got into it and we are building uh, like a larger version of our murder mystery game. It's um, like, I feel like our mur- first murder mystery we did for the game jam was sort of like a uh, rough draft almost. And, like a um, taster. Yeah, exactly. We were like, <laughs> oh, this is a really cool concept. Like we should actually do something really cool with it with more time. You know, because I think we had a, maybe two or three weeks to build that one. And I was like, oh, man, if we have two months, like, imagine how cool this could be. You know, this could be really elaborate or really cool. So um, we ended up uh, building on that um, for the creator fund. And then so part of like the so part of the um, the fund, you have to do some marketing for your own game to like promote what you're doing and what it looks like and some screenshots and previews and stuff like that. Um and part of it was um, like just to come up with your own marketing strategy. And I was like, you know, this is a murder mystery game. You're looking for clues in our game. Wouldn't it be kind of cool to do clues around like the streamers in the sandbox? And I kind of proposed this to my team. And I was like, hey, what if we made an NFT drop of like 11 exclusive NFTs that are related to our game? And then we like give them out to like other streamers or like other friends of ours in the sandbox to host like on their stream or on their channels, you know, to kind of just like it was a community building, but also it was like a fun thing for, you know, our like followers and people who like our games. And so like, if you wanted to catch the, the set of 11, you would have to go to like game dizzy or like, um, Vpire, like, and then they would hand out our NFTs on their stream as like just giveaways or whatever. So then if you collected all 11, you get access to this like really special one that gets you in the Phoenix club. And so then there's some like benefits with that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually part the discord was part of it. If you joined our discord, you got, um, a free NFT that I made for our collection, which is a really long winded way of saying all that, but yes, (laughs) (laughs) it's a big elaborate plan we had. (laughs) I watched it go on and I was like, this looks really interesting, but I do not have the mental capacity to do this. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's cool. And yeah, watching people like trade for things that they needed was really nice. I didn't expect Uh, so many people to get so into it. Like people really love tracking down everything, which was kind of fun to to watch people get into it, you know, like little detectives. So that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Any, any more plans for that sort of thing or was that it? You guys are like marketing done right so yep (laughs) check um we have i think we have a few more marketing things that we need to provide the sandbox because they will eventually i think our game will be plugged into the next alpha that they're planning on doing either the next one or the one after that i'm not sure they haven't really told us about that that's exciting yeah so it'll be it'll be kind of like you know the dracula one that you were talking about where you it's like part of the alpha um and it will be like part of the play to earn model so We will probably have like more screenshots or like tours of our game and land that will be posted like to the sandbox account. So it'll be um, a bit more public, which is kind of cool. 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. So you said how, um, you know, ca- your murder mystery candy verse was kind of mm-hmm. um, like a like a mini version of it. Um, do you want to like give us a, a little bit of details about that? And um, was that a, for a game jam entry? Yeah. So our murder mystery game that we made um, in the candy verse was for the um, I think it was season two alpha game jam. Yeah, I think that was the title of it. Um, and that one, we came in top 10 and we placed second. So that, that prize money was really cool because it funded a lot of, yeah, funded a lot of things that we wanted to do and helped us buy some land. Um, and it's, it's like pushing us forward into future projects. So like winning, that was a kind of a crucial point for our studio, um, that we're moving forward now. And it also helped because now that we're in the game maker fund, um, we have this, our original game was a one by one. So it was a small, like the smallest square you could make a game on. And our current murder mystery for the um, game maker fund is a two by two. So it's uh, like double the size. So it's got, yeah. Oh yeah. Four times the size. Yep. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) There's my math. (laughs) Four times the size. So what we ended up doing is, um, for our one by one that we did for the game jam, it was smaller. So we only did the inside of like the castle, right? So we had a castle and then inside you'd go look for all these clues that would help you figure out who the murderer was and what, with what weapon. Um, and so now that we have the four or the two by two, um, we have, we have a castle, but it's, it's not the same layout. It's different, right? Cause you want something new and interesting, but we do still have the castle concept, but now you can go outside of the castle into the actual candy verse where there's, you know, a forest and a beach and a, um, a mountain and some other really cool things. So you get sort of indoor and outdoor um, play with this the new game that we're making. I'm envisioning like Willy Wonka's factory yeah. <laughs> with like, with like, but like with like a murdery twist. Yes. It's like whimsical, it's like whimsical, but like make it murder, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, yeah. Right up my alley. <laughs> So with um, with building this, you know, you mentioned how you're building basically four times what you did. Mm-hmm. How long does that typically take to build out? So uh, we have, so we have only my brother and I who are the main two people who work on the games. So he does all the coding and he does um, the terraforming on the land, and then I've been responsible for making all of the assets and the animations for those things and then the placement of those. And then he will go back in and then code everything to make sure it interacts right and all of all of the like uh, quests that are in the game. So for us to do a game jam, it takes us like probably like the three weeks. We can do a game in three weeks, um, but this two by two that we're doing, um, we asked for, I think it was two months, which is a pretty short timeline. I think... You know, and like this is our first um, game maker fun game, and we realized like we'd love to do it in two months because we're like, oh, we've done game jams in like three weeks. Two months would be completely sufficient. But when you do um, the game maker fun, there's quite a bit more um, like double checking because the game uh, sandbox has to like check all your assets to make sure they're appropriate and they are matching standards and guidelines that they have set forth with their own, you know, products. So it, and they're not somebody else's intellectual property. Right. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, people don't necessarily know and you, you can't make things that look like Disney or, you know, things like that. So they they do double check everything. And of course, if your game has, I don't know, 300 assets, it takes quite a bit of time uh, 
to do. So our game we did in two months. We're finished. We're just about finishing it up. Uh, I think we did finish it up two or three days ago. I think we're just doing polishing things right now. Um, but two months is probably an insane timeline. Like it really should have been maybe three or four months just to like give us some breathing room because we have been working like nonstop on this. Um, not realizing that it's like four times the size, you know, and you need yeah. four times the assets. <laughs> so yeah, like maybe if, if this was all your full-time jobs at this point, exactly. sure. Two months, two months fine, but fine. like trying to do it evenings and weekends around your regular jobs that's yeah for sure so i I probably suggest maybe a six month timeline at the minimum (laughs) next time if anybody is thinking about it um it's probably a a better especially if you only have two people working on it yeah but I, i mean i can imagine that it's like so much pressure like now that you are part of the creator fund you mentioned like there's mm-hmm. some like really great builders in there so like yes. it's like you know you want to stay on par and like it's like i i feel that too with you know maybe not the same aspect but different parts of the space but it's like you have to be plugged in and like going mm-hmm. or or you're gonna get left behind and you're gonna miss out and so it's like it is so hard to to balance everything but you know in the end hopefully worth it <laughs> Yeah, that's um that's something that takes us extra time too. Uh, like you said, when you are in the Game Maker Fund, there is a different type of pressure that you want to make sure everything is to your best standard, right? Like, you know that there's so many other talented people in this space, and if you're if you're not really set on your thing, you, you really want to like make sure that it's right. So you go back and re-edit the same asset like ten times, and I've done that um, a couple of times. Where I'm like, ah, this just isn't right. It's not it's not sitting the, the right way, or it's not moving the right way, and like that in itself takes up more time than I would really have put past thought in like a game jam per se. I know it's like, I can't imagine like the perfectionist that (laughs) like, it's like, and then it's like even worse when it's like, you know, one pixel or, you know, Mm -hmm. however. So it's like, yeah, um, Yeah. especially also now that I'm, representing the sandbox in a certain capacity you know like it's not only our studio that um is being represented it's the sandbox too so you want to make sure you're doing well by them especially now that we have like a relationship a business relationship you know yeah it's awesome though you know hopefully it can be super beneficial for both sides um so like beyond the game that you Mm -hmm. guys are building everything with the sandbox what's kind of like like what do you think's next for your studio like what's what's something that you really want to do well we have um we kind of just like hashed it out a little bit we've really been enjoying the game maker fun because there is like there is a lot of structure to it you know it keeps you on target there's deadlines you have to hit all that kind of stuff which we really like it keeps us on track especially with the day jobs you know like so we've really enjoyed developing. And I think that that's what we want to do in the future is um, keep developing plots of land. If, as long as the Game Maker Fund will have us, like we'd love to propose some more things to them and see what we can come up with, you know, together. So I think eventually, like we're just going to keep building as developers. And so just because like I'm obviously so unfamiliar, this mm-hmm. would, you're developing like plots that like the Sandbox owns that, like overall? Yes. And then there'll just be like public plots for everyone to, you know, partake in. Yeah. So I think, so basically the way that we have 
worked with the sandbox is that we get to, we own all of our intellectual property and essentially they just take out like a license to it so it's on their land but they're hosting our nfts so we actually get to keep the rights to them and if they sell in um the marketplace when they like do a drop or rollout for our game um our studio actually gets to keep 100 percent of those profits which is really cool especially because you know um the intellectual property and like the resale is like a really big thing in the NFT space. So like we really love that part of the deal, you know? Yeah. But that, that's really cool um, to see like, you know, a big company like Sandbox really, you know, taking care of their artists and, you mm-hmm. know, the, you know, the smaller studios that they're working with, like that's nice to hear that they're, you know, making sure that they're taken care of. Absolutely. Not trying to pull a Facebook and charge forty seven point five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably won't be building in in the meta, huh? Uh, unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I think this is a good um, segue into you know what you kind of mentioned, um, being a paralegal with IP. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself doing anything with that type of stuff in this space? I think. Um, I think I know enough to be a little bit dangerous, you know, not enough to like really make a splash in it. Um, I think that it is, it's very helpful when we're talking about, um, you know, intellectual property rights of like copyright and, and shareholder. Like you can't just take something from Google image and use it as your own and sell it. Um, oh, you can't just right click save like, <laughs> like Elon Musk this no, morning. Can't do that. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Right. <laughs> Um, and yeah, especially as like the internet is getting like a more um, expansive place for people that like, like are hosting and metaverses. Um, it's, I think it should just be common knowledge now. And like, there should be something where that everybody understands like what a basic copyright is. Um, so like, I'm glad that I have that information and I'm, I get to steer my team a little bit in that way where they're like, Oh, can we do this? Can't we do this? And like, yes, no, let's steer from this. Let's not do that. You know? So it's, it, it feels like good backup knowledge, but I don't see that being like something that I like pursue is, is it like a, in the legal side of things at all? Yeah. It, it's so nice though, because I know, um, if, if that was me in that situation as like an artist, I, I would have no idea like mm-hmm. what I have the rights to, like what, what I should be fighting for and stuff like that. So it, it's such a unique perspective that you have coming into this. Yeah. Um, actually something I like to tell people who are kind of getting into it and like the art side of it, um, the United States patent and trademark office actually like holds online webinars for free. Um, and they're specifically geared towards people who are, um, like a small inventor or a small artist and it tries to outline your rights so you don't get crushed by bigger places, you know? Cause if you're put, if you're somebody like me, who's painting and then putting your content out online and then somebody sees it online and then they paint the same thing and claim it as their own as an original, like you just can't do that. Right. And so the USPTO actually on their website gives free webinars for people who want to understand it a little bit better. And it's a really um, like valid source of information. So I would suggest that if you were ever interested in learning what kind of rights you have in the um, creative space for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, um, especially if, like you said, you're going to be putting your work out there. You definitely mm-hmm. know your rights and, um, you know, know what you're entitled to. Like, yep. the the whole the whole basis and the best part of Web three is that 
you're, you know, we're giving voice to these people and, and letting them keep their work for it. So, you know, I think that that's awesome to hear that, you know, there's resources out there for them. Yeah. That's, that's a big one, especially with like all of the sharing on the internet, you know, you, you want to make sure you know where, where your rights are, especially if you're doing trading and selling and you're making it a business or a full-time, you know, you, you, you should know and protect yourself and your work, you know. We'll be coming to you for all of our legal advice. <laughs> I got you. I can't give legal advice, but I, I have some knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like we can't give financial advice. Exactly. <laughs> we just, we always have to put that disclaimer. For yep. Entertainment purposes only. Right. <laughs> Please be entertained. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's, um, it's so crazy that, we're we're seeing all these, you know, web two and like bigger companies jump into the space. And, you know, I think we've seen like, you know, a couple like cease and desist, like mm-hmm. using, you know, like certain projects using certain traits of a character and stuff like that. So I think it's just it's such like a prominent part of the space. And I think it's only going to get like like right now it's it's not that big of a deal but as the space grows and as more users are coming in it's it's going to be like a serious thing. Yeah, that's for sure. It's, it, especially with um people who aren't like prone to business, you know, I'm lucky because I've been in like the corporate America for a long time so I kind of understand like where companies will see like infringement of their intellectual property and because they do business alongside each other, sometimes they just let it slide. You know, sometimes they don't because it's more beneficial to set up a lawsuit, but sometimes it's more beneficial to just let it, let it go and continue doing business as the relationship with that person. So it really is um, important to get educated on that, especially in the metaverse and moving forward. Yeah. Do you, so do you think that like, for example, like um, board ape owners, do you think that, um, you know, have by having their rights and maybe like licensing licensing it out to a company that wants to you know brand with them do you do you see that being like a big thing in the space and like you know be them being able to really profit off that it's interesting about licensing because um I don't, I don't know if licensing will be such a big deal because you can make so many copies but I guess with the one of ones yeah maybe right there could be a license situation where you lend it out to them. But I think for like the individual users of like, I don't want to say peons, but just small people who don't have big businesses or, or aren't moguls. Um, I still think there's a lot of like screenshotting happening, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think, I don't think you can prevent that. I think that that's just something that's going to happen, but I don't, again, don't think those people are the ones with the big money to license an a board ape anyway. Yeah. I, I think like, people are are so hopeful and and, you know I do I hope someday we get to this but like you know people are hoping that you know like Disney or someone's gonna come along and and, you Mm -hmm. know they're gonna want to put their ape in a movie and you know I mean it very well could happen but yeah um, I just don't know that we're there yet yeah it's interesting I mean obviously the blockchain verifies that you're um, your image is the real and true one that you, you know you paid for or whatever. But it would be, I think, interesting to see like a virtual art gallery where you would license or or lend your 
your NFT out for a virtual thing because it just feels funny because you could just copy and save, you know, and post, you know, so it's just kind of funny how you would authenticate that this is the NFT, you know? Yeah. So I actually have a friend um, who has an ape and he, um, he was in talks with, um, it's so random, but it's actually, um, I think he's like a dentist, but he's really into art. And so like in his waiting room, he has a bunch of like digital art displays and so he was like maybe in talks of like licensing his ape to be shown up in the gallery there i don't know like payment or anything like that but like you know i just wonder if like that's gonna be like a type of thing like you know like big galleries are gonna be paying for you know the rarest ape to be shown on display or whatever i mean that would be really cool i think i mean from a business perspective, I think that that constitutes as a, a tax write-off. So I maybe they would take a license to it and they would see an advantage in doing that. I don't know. that. I mean, that would be really cool to do. As an, as an owner of something like that, it would be a really cool option for you to be able to share your art in that way. Yeah, it's like I would probably just do it for free. Like, just, yeah. just put my stuff up. Yeah, if I had an ape, I would just be like, boom, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday I goals, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just keep, keep on building with the studio and everything. It's definitely, I mean, possible, this space. I, I just feel like it's it's crazy to say it's not possible because I've just seen this space provide so many things so many opportunities for people that it's so cliche but like it really anything's possible that's so true i you know like aside from the apes i'm sure you both are very familiar with the world of women collection yeah oh my god i I love those so much (laughs) yeah it's awesome yeah um we've i mean i'm personally not in it i uh i kind of missed that out but i've been admiring Mm -hmm. um and i know they just had their their galaxy drop so um I probably should have used the opportunity to get in, but um, I did not either. But yeah, it's definitely one awesome. Of my ones that got away, same. Yeah, because they were minting just as I started in the space, and I didn't. My wallet wasn't funded yet. It was like Ugh, on the way. You bummer. know, sometimes it takes a little while, and yeah. I was like, "Well, I missed that one." <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's it's kind of the same same deal. But so it's like it's something I always like keep my eye on. But yeah it's you know so cool to see all the things they're doing for women in the space yeah it, it, especially yeah with all of the like give backs that they do like that was something that I was like oh man I really I really like that and I hope that we can model our studio after something like that you know where we can give back in some capacity that's definitely in the plans for us have yeah. you collected many nfts besides like sandbox ones um, we have a few. We've we've won a couple and some like raffles and things, but we have we don't. Yeah, I like to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I actually want to raffle dog queen. That way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been trying to, um, but and that's one of our goals too. Is like we want to build a hefty collection of like cool things that we like. Um, as an artist, you know, myself, I I tend to just be making a lot of them instead of going and hunting other ones down, which I want to spend more time doing, especially in like the projects that I really like and believe in. Yeah, it's so tough, though. Like, it really is, like, again, you have to be so tuned in or, you know, you, you can miss it and then yep. it'll be out of reach. Like, it's <laughs> so, yeah. ma- so many times it's happened to me. I know. For, it's just so. You can't let it get you down. There will always be another opportunity around the corner. That's true. Things are popping up 
every day all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure for sure and we're learning to uh, which ones to avoid <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's tough out here but it, it's <laughs> hopefully worth it have you run into any like struggling projects uh many many yeah <laughs> in, ten, in 10 months yeah yeah <laughs> Just yep, a few in my okay. hidden folder. <laughs> it's all a learning lesson, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, I I earn these stripes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wear them proudly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I have a couple of friends who, they're like, yeah, I don't hide any of the NFTs because I, I, I wear them proudly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> but, no, yeah, so yeah. You- if you go on Coinbase now, you can everybody can sign up for Coinbase NFT now. Oh, cool. And their stuff, they'll like show everything that's in your wallet. It's like, oh god, go through and hide. Oh wow. <laughs> hide all of the things. Yeah, we have a we have a lot of hidden things on our um OpenSea right now because um in our games you can actually like import NFTs from your from your um OpenSea account and they can just oh, yeah. be displayed in the game which is really cool but um we've kind of gotten creative with them and used them as like backdrops and like backgrounds for certain things so, so you want to keep it a little hush hush well they're kind they're, they kind of just look like random things that are in our <laughs> on our open scene. i'm like ah oh, these don't look great you know it's like trees or background of like mountains or something so we tend to hide a lot of those things nice so we usually just end on um some advice that you would have for you know maybe somebody that was like you and is a is an artist in real life and maybe you know wants to join the nft community as an artist or a creator sure i think uh i think for me when i started i was an artist who was more self-conscious of her work and i think a lot of artists tend to be that way i think that we all are pretty harsh critics on what we make and what people will think of it um but I guess my advice would be to um, try to like quiet that voice in your head and just post it, right? Just get your artwork out there. Um, it is more important to start building a portfolio of your work than to be a perfectionist and say, I'm never going to put this out because it's not right or it's not quite finished. I think that that like taking that leap of faith and just like posting about my work, even if it's just like on different social media platforms, it doesn't even have to be like OpenSea or even on Coinbase, like just post about your work nobody can know about it or connect with you or talk to you about it or buy it even potentially if they don't know about your work. So that's always my biggest number one thing to people who ask, like, how do I get started is just start creating a portfolio and don't be so hard on yourself. And also don't listen to too much criticism from other people. You know, they didn't make the artwork. They don't know about it like you do. Opinions can be up to a minimum. <laughs> yeah, it, it can really be tough, though. It's like, if if you put out a tweet and you don't get so many likes mm-hmm. and whatever, like it, it's just tough. And, and I really do. I mean, I, I, I just, I really do relate. I feel like, like yeah. it, it's just this, you know, the culture that is out and not even in web three, just the culture in, in society in general, like with the social media pressure, like it, it's very real. So it can be, it, it can be a wonderful place, but it can be a scary place as well. That's true. Very intimidating. Um, and, and when I started out too, I was posting my paintings and, you know, I was getting a lot of trolley comments, you know, things that aren't nice and that you shouldn't say to somebody and nor, I don't think they would say to me if I was in person, you know, so I understand that the internet is like a lot more harsh with like comments, but it can also be a much more positive place as well, where you can reach a lot of people 
who like what you do and wouldn't get the chance to see it if you didn't share it. Exactly. I feel like, you know, the best part about this space is being surrounded by like-minded people and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being able to share same interests and similarities. And so it's just, I I always say it time and time again, like there truly is a place for everyone. Um, If you don't know it yet, just join and you'll find it. Um, You know, maybe, maybe it's Vox Edit, maybe it's Sandbox, maybe it's a podcast. Who knows? Um, But yeah, there's definitely there's a place for everyone and you know we just hope to showcase that to everyone yeah it's it's really awesome what you do here and, and you host people and give them a platform to speak on so thank you again yeah thanks so much for joining us you know we really appreciate it and um you know i can't can't wait to visit your guys's hub and sandbox can't wait to have you <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait yeah i can't wait to see you know what you guys do with it and um you know maybe Maybe I'll even have he'll give me some updates when your your game comes <laughs> out in the in the alpha, or, or maybe I'll partake this time. <laughs> I'll walk you through it. Okay, deal. It'll be good. <laughs> no, yeah. So yeah, thanks. You know, thanks for sharing everything, and um, we're super excited to see um your you guys' studio grow and and everything you're doing in the space. Um, you know, it's awesome to see, you know, such a female leading a studio, you know, leading in the game maker fund, building out, helping build out sandbox. So yeah, we really appreciate, um, you know, coming on and sharing your story and everything you do for the space. Thanks so much. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with other women in the space. It really is nice to connect with you both. For sure. That's all for this episode of NF Queens. You can find us on Twitter at NF Queens podcast and stay tuned for next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.